Listening to Tilted Scales, the podcast headquarters for the heavier side of roleplay. For today's episode of Tilted Scales, I have a few members of the Unifying Force campaign with me. We'll be talking about how they went about the process of creating their Old Republic roleplay characters. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Alright, so we'll just go ahead and dive right into it. Arthur, how'd you uh, join up with the uh, Unifying Force campaign? Um, pretty much standard, I would imagine. I saw it on the Swotor RP forums and realized they're, they're pretty serious about it. And uh, yeah, I sent in an application. Great. Uh, Narla? I got into a debate with one of, the ca- one of the officers before I joined. They gave me a link and now I'm here. <laughs> Alright, you fought your way <laughs> in. Shit, how about you? I was talking with Borland about the game about uh, back in 09, and uh, he showed me to this community and just joined up. Great. Zaya, how about you? How'd you end up over here? It's Zia, not Zaya. Uh, I saw the Swotor official retru- recruiting post for Unit 8, and uh, when I saw heavy roleplay, I was uh, interested. So I went to check the website, found it was very professional, and that's it. I submitted my application. Great. So uh, we'll go ahead and talk about like the inspiration for characters. I think there's something that typically grabs our attention, and that's kind of how we develop our characters normally. So, uh, Narla, what, what was your inspiration for your character? Italian film Centurion, as it's one of my favorite films, and Spartans. So, what of that film actually influenced the creation of Narla? It's more about the fellow on the times and the tribal traditions. Great, how about you, Shet? Uh, well, I knew that I wanted to play a trooper and a uh, Sabrek, and I'm not sure, I just kind of built up my character over time. So, Arthur, what about you? You have a pretty distinctive character. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I've always been a fan of the the Empire, with the the films and the, obviously the EU stuff. And I based him on a good old-fashioned xenophobic soldier, well, officer more, more distinctly, actually. I just like the idea. A lot of people, you see, say they want to be a, a good guy in a bad place. I wanted to be the bad guy in a bad place. Great. And... Uh Zaya? No, Zia. Sorry. Uh, nothing really. Uh, I changed my mind many times on what kind of character I wanted to play. <laughs> First, I didn't want a force user, and I was attracted to big guns, so Imperial Agent and Bounty Hunter sounded like a good idea. But at the same time, I wanted an alien, and Twi'lek was my best choice, because I think it's the... Uh, the species that looks uh, more alien compared to the other. So I didn't have um, an idea in mind when I created Zia. When I decided on the class and on the race, I just took many days, too much for a certain person, to decide what her story would be and how she would be like. And I think the TeamSpeak roleplay session helped. She started to live with the roleplay session and the play-by-post and the TeamSpeak. Now I know who she is, but it wasn't like that the first time I played her. 
Great. So for my piece of it, um, I saw the Unifying Force campaign, and uh, I was just really intrigued by the idea, so I built my character around that. Specifically, I wanted something that would fit in really well, and um, I went ahead and just wanted to make a really plain, mundane character. So Mason's a farmer from some agri-world. He's not very special in any kind of sense of the word. He's just trying to keep his head above water, going through boot camp and stuff, and I really wanted to kind of play the grunt experience. Um, some of my inspiration for him was something like Band of Brothers. Um, there's a book by Glenn Cook called The Black Company, and that's all, you know, very in the trenches, kind of basic trooper kind of perspective. So I wanted to experience roleplay from that end of things. So um, for me personally, I like to do a lot of planning and drafting before I get into my character. Um, what sort of planning and User drafting do you do channel. before you get into character, Arthur? Well, um, I, I spent a good deal of time. Like you said, you try to dedicate it towards the the experience of being a soldier. I wanted someone who would who would fit, but at the end of the day, everyone envisions how they want their character to be eventually. So I wanted Arthur to to make sense and and be someone. I like to define the motives of the character first and let he be his own character, never break his motives, and he should effectively do what he he would always do in that situation. If if you get me, let him be in more control than than my wants and needs. Great. What about you, uh, Zia? Um, uh, I don't do a lot of planning and drafting. I usually put myself in the mood physically. I will pull up my hair in twin ponytails. I will read Zia's personality again. I will read the notes I wrote down about past conversation I had with other characters and try to act accordingly. Um, that's about it. I'm pretty spontaneous in the way I play my character. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of physically becoming your character and putting your hair in ponytails as a pre-planning method. Yes. But I have long hair, so I like it. What about you, Shet? What do you do um, to kind of develop your character? Or do you do any planning beforehand? No, I'm pretty much like Sia minus the ponytail. Gotcha. Kind of an experiential approach. Uh. <laughs> and Narla, what about you? I jump in, in head first. I like my character's reaction to be more instinctive and not playing helps. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so for me, I'm really systematic when it comes to my character. I'm probably more boring than putting my hair up in ponytails. Um, I have a few templates that I've used in the past, like just asking questions about your character, and I find that by answering those questions, you kind of get a rough idea, you know, what's the home world and all that, but um, I feel the application process for the uh, campaign was very instrumental in developing the character and having the basic information. So how has being a part of the heavy roleplay community affected how you went about making your character? So was there anything that influenced you, Narla, when coming about um, developing your characters coming from a heavy rather than kind of lighter perspective? It comes down more to preparation in your character's background. I found with heavy characters, you have to flesh out a bit more and then with light. How about you, Azia? I usually come up with uh, the backstory as I play my character, but for this community, being heavy role-playing, I had to write everything ahead, and it was very new for me, and I had to stick to it, and that's even more difficult. But uh, yeah, I put a lot of more time thinking of different things and her... Uh, background that would affect how she thinks, how she is right now. Uh, it was a lot of work, actually, for me. Yeah, that's definitely probably a change of approach there, having to uh, stick to a predefined character. Um, what about you, Shet? 
uh, I'm not really sure it has really changed anything of how about how I go about making a character. Uh, uh, but then again, I haven't made a character in like two years, so can't remember. <laughs> so how about you, Arthur? How was being a part of a heavy roleplay community, and how does that affected your making of your character? Um, I'd say it doesn't too much change the general idea of the character, but because of the systems, especially that this this guild uses and heavy roleplay in general, you have to kind of modify the ambitions for the character because you want him to live live his roleplay rather than just write a story about him. So yeah, I feel like echo everyone else. You've got to know that character more than any anyone else, and kind of roll with the punches and see where it goes. Gotcha. So, does anybody have any tips or advice for um, anyone who's looking to create a new roleplay character? What are some things maybe that you've seen in the past that was done really well, or some pitfalls to avoid? Don't fall into stereotypes. So if you do, try to come up with something original. So how do you, and I'm going to pose this question to you, Zia, since you brought it up, but how do you go from, um, there's kind of a spectrum there between stereotype and original, and sometimes, you know, if you push too far on the original, you end up with kind of a Mary Sue character, somebody who's really kind of ridiculous. How, how do you find the balance? Just have to ask yourself, uh, if I was uh, really playing that character, would it make any sense? Would I like to be that kind of character, or is if a... Uh, is it a laughing joke? Try to not come with uh, somebody that is a total hero or um, somebody that, that is the, you know, the typical slave and everything. I think trying to find a middle and coming up with a realistic event in uh, the background story is what can make a good character. When you try to go into the extreme, Usually, uh, you just stumble and come up with, uh, like you said, a Marisu or characters like that that are less interesting and more a joke than anything else. Gotcha. Does anybody else have any uh, tips or things they want to weigh in on that? At least for me, I'd say generally go for stereotypical characters, but I, I, I would advise people to go for details that make them stand out and give their personality. Don't go so much as to creating a very complicated backstory in which you have maybe elaborate reasons as to perhaps why your character could be very heroic or really epic. But sometimes, for me, uh, a character has much more life when you've given them small details and quirks that make them stand, you know, you know stand apart from the from the rest of the players, but in a very personal way, in a very you know human way, instead of just trying to role play this epic hero which of course everyone and at some point in time tries to do because i mean you normally do not want to have a gimped character but as long as you keep it simple and just add your personal touches that give some personality to the character i think that's the best thing you could do so uh you just were joining us now, so I'm going to back up a couple and ask a couple questions for you. Um, so, Dietrich, what did, was your like uh, inspiration for your character? What kind of things went into the creation of him? Um, I went more or less as as he was. He's an imperial soldier. I sort of tried to get into the mind of how someone could really believe in in a system such as you know, the, the, the Galactic Empire, which 
took me to the, of course, you know, Nazi uh, sort of propaganda sort of thing. So the concept was pretty much just getting inspired on how it could have worked or how someone who had been so deeply influenced by, 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 uh, by the, uh, you know, uh, an imperial or, you know, very, uh, you know, and then, a Nazi sort of regime could could actually work how his mind would work and how he would think. So I would say it would it would be the your average brainwashed soldier, nothing more than that. Okay. And what kind of um did you do any like pre planning to kind of help steer your character or develop kind of the backstory? Uh, yeah, I did, uh, in which I tried to, to more or less imagine how, how a character, what, what sort of clicks in, in my character's mind so that he could have go with this, with this system I had in mind. Like, like if he, how is it that someone accepts a system like such an, you know, uh, a rough system so blindly? It was just a matter of trying to, to connect emotionally and to try to imagine how someone would have gotten to this situation. So I, at first I had a concept in which I wanted my character to have this shape. And then it was just adding details, which would, in my opinion, logically lead to this character, uh, to being, to have, uh, grown up in this, in this way and to have this, this, these thoughts and this way and this point of view towards life. So. I just started with a rough concept and added details that supported this concept. Okay, great. I think um, it's interesting because it sounds like you were starting with, and I think a lot of people, myself included, do this, kind of start with a framework of a character, a concept of a character, and then when approaching the backstory, try to piece together little elements of the backstory that will explain how they got there. Because it's interesting because, you know, we roleplay in a live setting, but there's always a lot of backstory and kind of a hoped-for future that... Um, you know, may never quite arrive because of the game, the way it progresses in an MMO doesn't always progress in a timely fashion. Um, but like with Mason, my goal in mind was kind of the, uh, you know, kind of a really strong soldier, somebody who would eventually be, um, kind of the toe the line soldier, maybe a little jaded, but I wanted to explore the question, um, of how could somebody, yeah, basically what you were doing. How could somebody submit to the system? How could somebody be a part of it and do so so willingly when there's really kind of little benefit for them individually? And I wanted to explore the question, like, how could just a run-of-the-mill citizen of the Empire end up fighting for it and losing their life for it? So, especially somebody who had no major exposure to the Imperial propaganda. Um, so, does it has anybody else here kind of taken a question that they wanted to answer or a concept they wanted to explore and that kind of dictated how their character went? Narla, do you want to kind of weigh in first ahead, and then we'll yeah. let Arthur go? Yeah, I think Narla fits in with that question. She comes from a very tribal and fell world, and how would that deal with the technolog technological marvels that the Imperial have? Yeah, I mean, the Empire's a pretty spanned empire, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of situations where people are really unfamiliar. I mean, like Mason, with you know, kind of technology, he came from a farm world, and there wasn't exactly a lot of advanced stuff. So even under Roman Kass, he's already seen a lot of stuff that he doesn't really have an explanation for. Um, and just kind of a tip that I have for new role players or people who are kind of approaching the Star Wars scene for the first time and don't really know the lore, 
a great idea is just to take a really mundane type character, put him in some kind of desolate world where he's not going to be exposed to a lot of things. So if you're ignorant of some of the, you know, norms or stereotypes or lore of the game, your character will actually naturally make sense of that. Like, I'm not going to know how Mason should behave against every other different race that I come across, but that makes sense with the character. So kind of learn as the character does as well. So Arthur, do you want to kind of weigh in? You mentioned that you, uh, or I think you were mentioning that you had a, um, bit of a parallel there and answer trying to answer a question with your character um yeah i guess uh, when i created him the whole essentially he's kind of a tragic character as in his, the circumstances of why the way he is is stemmed from a lot of failure from his, his ancestors and, and whatnot so i kind of wanted to take the you normally get tragic characters who end up triumphing and becoming great people or whatever i wanted to see what happened if like tragedy really did just stick with you and, and made people bitter and stay bitter and be jaded and what happens when the worst only gets worse, really. Yeah, I think you've done a really good job with that. I think one of the things that immediately has struck me about Arthur as a character, and I don't need you or want you to reveal the backstory, of course, but, um, you know, there's just in any kind of interaction with him, there's a very obvious sense of, like, there's a lot more to this guy. You know, he's been through a lot. And it really kind of wants me to figure out, like, how is this guy the way he is? So um, I think you've done a fantastic job with that. Could you maybe explain just, like, if somebody else wanted to take that approach and they want to kind of have that initially intriguing character with all that baggage and that's very evident in drawing, like, what did you kind of do to create that? Well, I kind of, you always, the way I went about it is imagine what came before him, or like, it's kind of a predestined thing, because you don't ever want the baggage to become the character, you don't want it to be, every every time he speaks, he, he's upset about that, you want it to be something that was unchangeable, so that the baggage is is a remembrance rather than something that defines it. Obviously, it does define him. But I would I would say keep the details always in mind, but make sure to never let it rule the character's intentions. I think that's really uh, an interesting um, way to go about creating your character, and I think it's caused cause that immediate draw. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like creating characters that are interesting, but again, like aren't too revealing from the start. Because I think you hit on a really important point that a lot of characters are players create characters that their baggage kind of defines them. Um, you know, Zia, I think your character has kind of been through a lot in her past with what's been revealed a little bit. So maybe you could speak a little bit about how you've gone about creating a character with an interesting backstory that's been through a lot, but that's not something that they just wear on their sleeves all the time. Well, creating Zia was um, um, was not easy because I have to take a Twi'lek born on the on Rylod, the home planet of the Twi'lek, and bring her into the Empire, and having her wanting to serve the Empire. So yes, a lot of things happened that would lead to that, and uh, half of them her choice, half of them like happening by chance. And uh, what I can say is is that um, what Zia gives out to other, like the first impression is um, it's not really who she is inside. She's trying to play the card of uh, fitting with the rest of the soldiers. And you have that uh, uh, tiny little Twi'lek, uh, a little bit fragile looking, who's trying to fit with a bunch of soldiers. Some of them seems to have a lot of fighting experience already. And she has to go against the xenophobia and everything. So I'm using a lot of the um, racial Twi'lek and social skills and silver tongue to try to make her fit in all of this. But I try at the same time to keep in mind that she has her own reason 
to be in the in the imperial army it's a choice uh, she eventually made for herself yeah that's interesting it'll be quite uh, the story indeed to see how that all unfolds especially as um, those of us who are you know keen on the character know that she's you know gonna be a Sith down the road so it'll be interesting like we that's talked about even, to see where yeah, she gets there or how she gets yes. there because I have to develop her enough that she will become interesting <clears throat> to have um, as a set apprentice, you know. Because right now she starts as a grunt because she's in the unit eight, but she will end up as a set eventually. And she has a lot of evolution and a lot of steps to make to have the mentality and uh, the strength to become a set. So it will be extremely interesting to see how she developed to become uh, badass. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I do want to keep things somewhat short, so I want to kind of harp on this last question and really explore this um, a little bit more um, around the heavier element of character creation. So, um, you know, we all subscribe to a heavier mentality in the um, RP community. So um, maybe talking a little bit about what that means in terms of character creation as opposed to a more casual approach to the game. Um, I know for me what that means a lot, again, is the pre-planning and making sure that everything about my character is pretty much set in stone as far as their backstory goes. So by the time I actually enter the game, everything in the past has already happened and then he's able to just act according to that. Um, and I think that Often I see people who are a little bit more casual, they do do um, a little bit more environmentally defined characters. So they start off with a really, really rough concept. Like, I want a trooper who was been in the army for 60 years. And that's what he starts with. You know, he's really old trooper. And then the rest of it, they just kind of go with. And that's not necessarily a bad way of going about it. But I think that leaves a lot to kind of interpretation and you end up retconning quite a bit. Um, does anybody else have any insight into the... Um, maybe the difference between going about things heavily and some of the merits about that rather than a more casual approach. Well, the way you will interact with uh, other role players in, uh, in the game will be defined uh, by the personality of your character instead of just coming up with something. And that's a big part uh, of it also. Um, the question I kind of want to pose then is what are some of the merits of taking a much more detailed and heavy approach? I mean, what's, I guess, maybe to play the devil's advocate, um, you know, what's wrong with just taking a character, like a really basic idea and just jumping out there and taking a look? Or maybe not what's wrong is too hard of a question, but uh, maybe what are some of the pitfalls of that versus, you know, being more pre-planned? I don't know. I'd say, say that the more casual approach to role is generally... In the end, uh, you don't really have that much space for character development. Perhaps, uh, I, I see the generally the more casual, casual, I mean, I use it here as, you know, my own personal view on what a casual role player is, but generally, uh, it's a different, the opposite process of what we've been talking about here. Generally, a more casual role player will think of a backstory and then will throw the character into the game world. And, the problem with that is that it will it will grow to be the main topic of your character's uh you know conversation say you interact with a fellow with an unknown person one of the first topics that will arise will be your backstory because it's the only thing you are really sure about in your character so you will sort of railroad the conversation to a point in which you can explain where your character was born what happened to him or her and in a more heavy approach 
you really don't need as much as a deep story as in you need a very you know uh deep understanding of your character and how he would react to everything and i think that the the main advantage in a more in a heavier approach to roleplay is that you are open to more situations that you would be in a casual approach like in a casual approach you sort of want to uh, in my experience, it's, you, people generally will take the conversation where they want it to be to lead, uh, so they can sort of weigh in in a certain topic. But in a heavier approach, you just have a character and interact with the world. And in my opinion, that gives much, much more realistic experience in roleplay and just sort of acting a uh, character like if you would do in in, 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 in a dramatic uh, I don't know in a play for example it's it's just you know different concepts of course but in, at the end of the day I would say that uh, a heavier approach gives you a lot more uh, space for, for character development in a deeper way great so, does anybody else have anything to weigh in on that as far as the differences between kind of a casual approach and the heavier approach? Nah, I'm good. I think the casual approach to role-playing um, will give you more uh, light conversation that you can have like uh, in a cantina or uh, at the crossroads or something like that. But uh, uh, when you come with... Um, a heavy role-play approach, you can develop uh, a lot of stories, you know, interacting all those different characters who have a very defined personality and background and come up with uh, something more than just a simple conversation. It's easier to come up with uh, plots, you know, and stories and backstabbing. Yeah, it's, I'd say that really uh, heavy roleplay is more rewarding in the long term and casual roleplay is rewarding in the short term in terms of, you know, how easy it is to just hop into a conversation. But for me, that would be the main difference. Both have their merit. It depends uh, what you are looking for. If you only have uh, half an hour, an hour uh, after dinner to, to play the game and or only an hour for your role-playing in that evening or in that day, I think casual role-playing uh, can be uh, quite enough to bring out some fun. But uh, if you have, uh, if you want something more uh, intense, something more like a pen and paper game, heavy role-playing will offer a lot more. Yeah, I definitely agree with the levels of gratification. I think with, if you go into casual, you just, we have to remember as well, we're framing this around an MMO, so if you, you go on casual and just indulge conversations, you can maintain a certain level of immersion, but I think what will, what everyone will remember if they're in a heavy role-playing guild will be the level of gratification that comes at the end. Well, not the end, well, further down the line, because the fact is, once the MMO shine wears off and casual RP no longer satisfies, you'll have your, the game becomes something else with normally hard, hardcore role-playing. It's, you know, your, your character has a vested interest to just Log on and and play, and play him rather than play the game. You are that character's main focus now. Yeah, I think one thing that um, is somewhat often overlooked is the importance of and the benefit of just kind of having 
um, subtleties and really focusing on some of the subtle aspects of our characters. I think too often people think that they need to create a character with all of these, you know, very interesting qualities and different, you know, background things that have happened to them. Um, to make them seem interesting enough to kind of hook people in on the roleplay with them. But um, I think that often it's when the subtle things are highlighted that that character really becomes defined. Um, you know, Dietrich and having a smoking problem, Arthur and his obsessive compulsive need to keep his hair straight. You know, things like that are things that, while, you know, I haven't interacted with your characters to a great extent, it's something that, you know, strikes you pretty obviously and it's something that you can remember about that character and it really does kind of evoke some pretty powerful mental images so i think that sometimes people you know they think that they need to go for all these battle scars and have these stories for them and all these other things um but really when it comes down to it it's just having a very um good understanding and a you know consistency with some of the subtle information so all in the details yep it's kind of one of those things the saying god is in the details well, thank you guys. We're a little bit up on time here, so thank you all for uh, weighing in on these topics, and uh, stay you. tuned for next yes, episode. Yes. Absolutely. You guys have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.